ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk All Around Sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 215th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www. IIRSportsOneWord.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined later by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, what a week in the world of sports. And my highlight of the week, no surprise, was the epic seventh inning of the Blue Jays' Game 5 win over the Texas Rangers on Wednesday. First of all, I totally support Jose Batista's Joey Bats bat flip, uh, and it will be an iconic baseball highlight forever. <clears throat> he clearly just did it in the moment, <clears throat> given what had just gone on for the previous uh, 50 minutes or so in the 53-minute seventh inning. Uh, I thought it was terrific. He just uh, It was just such a moment. A true, genuine, historical baseball moment. And he just uh, did what he did. So I have no problem with it. In fact, I liked it immensely. Uh, what a seventh inning. The crazy roll that gave Texas the go-ahead run, uh, which, of course, was Russell Martin, the Blue Jays catcher, routinely throwing the ball back to the pitcher. It grazed the batter's bat. No, nobody's fault, not the batter, not not the catcher. And it just dribbled out between the pitcher's mound and third base. And the Texas runner alertly uh, just came home. And lo and behold, there was a rule in the rule books that said that ball was live. It just simply shocked everybody. So that rule and that sequence combined with the Toronto fans showering the field with debris just create an absolutely surreal moment, uh, which was then followed in the bottom half of the inning by the Rangers committing three errors in what seemed like literally 30 seconds, uh, leading to Joey Batts' seismic home run, uh, complete with the look and the bat bat flip that uh, all up made it arguably the greatest inning in the history of baseball. And as if that wasn't enough, there were brawls, uh, brawls associated with it. I, I don't know if I'd call them brawls as much as the benches emptying. One being where Encarnacion from the Blue Jays, after Joey Batts' home run, was trying to get the crowd to calm down. Uh, the pitcher, Dreyer, Dwyer, for Texas, took, took it wrong. And they had words and the benches emptied. And then... Uh, uh, moments later, it seemed, Dwyer, uh, or at the bottom of the seventh, 
Uh, Dwyer went by Tulowitzki and patted him quickly, touched him. And uh, Tulowitzki took offense to that, so the bench is emptied again. So it was just, again, an epic, epic <laughs> seventh inning, unlike the unlike anything any baseball fan has ever seen. Uh, <clears throat> so made for an easy, easy choice for highlight of the week. And uh, now we have the Blue Jays in, those, in that wild atmosphere uh, going up against Kansas City <clears throat> Royals in that wild atmosphere. Uh, another highlight of the week, it just has to be included, of course, is the Cubs slaying <clears throat> the St. Louis Cardinals for the first home clinching playoff postseason series win ever. And watching that game the other night just made me uh, reminisce a lot about what I had the pleasure to witness a mere 11, 12 years ago, 2004, when... What was going on in Wrigley the other night was absolutely positively going on to in Fenway Park. And the Red Sox <clears throat> came back from the 3-0 deficit. I was at Game 5, uh, the famous 14-inning uh, game. Uh, at the time, the longest game in baseball history. Um, and I'll never forget it. Probably still the greatest sports event I've ever attended in my life. My low light of the week, sticking with baseball, was the Houston Astros giving up the huge lead in the eighth inning uh, of game four to blow the game against the Royals, and basically the series was decided right then and there. Uh, if you think about it, you know, the Houston Astros, I mean, they very well might have been the darlings of the playoffs, which is really saying something when you have the Cubs and now the Mets in the playoffs meeting in the NLCS. <clears throat> I mean, can you even imagine an Astros-Cubs or Astros-Mets World Series? I mean, how unlikely that would have been, how laughable that would have been at the beginning of the year or maybe even as soon as, as recently as the All-Star break. Uh, you know how crazy this postseason is when the Royals, last year's Cinderella team, are kind of suddenly the veteran team here in the playoffs in the final four uh, with the Jays, the Cubs, and the Mets. It's like a world turned upside down. Um, so, yeah, just it's going to be just great theater. Uh, what I like the most as uh, someone without a horse in the race is all four ballparks have ultra-high energy, including the Mets, um, it all speaks, they all speak for themselves. They're, they're going to be fun games to watch with the energy from all great, all those great crowds that we're going to be seeing here in the next week to 10 days. It's just going to be a lot of fun. And every one of the four teams has their own truly distinct and unique story, uh, a reason to love them, so to speak. And, uh, but not, but obviously none of them tops the Cubs. Uh, haven't been in a World Series since 1945. Haven't won the World Series since 1908. Need I say more? They were, they will truly be America's team. Uh, but they actually have stiff competition from all three of the other teams, which are again are eminently likable. My bizarre story of the week was simply Columbus Day Monday being one of the great 
yet bizarre sports days ever with just seemingly nonstop stories all day long on on a on a quasi national holiday and it was just uh just a, a pulsating day for someone like me in the media you had Steve Spurrier shocking the world by resigning you had Steve Sarkazian coach of USC fired and all this with four baseball games, playoff games being played for basically like 14 hours or so straight. So it was just really, uh, you know, a day that uh, was just unforgettable. They don't come along too often. But when they do, they're really, really uh, something special. Uh, so, again, Monday is a day that I don't think any sports fan will soon forget, and in addition to everything, you, see, you, know, you had Monday Night Football, you had the day after NFL football, you had Saturday, you know, people still buzzing around about the college football weekend, uh, specifically Texas pulling <laughs> their up, epic upset over Oklahoma in the annual game at the Cotton Bowl, the Red River rivalry. So... Lots to talk about, particularly on the college front. Steve Spurrier, Steve Sarkeesian. Also on Monday was the Florida quarterback, Will Greer, uh, being suspended for using a banned substance. So he's out for the year. So the Gators, one of the feel-good stories of the year, suddenly are going to be in Baton Rouge tomorrow without the uh, quarterback who got him there. So between Spurrier, Sarkeesian, Florida... Um, the Texas win, a ton of things happening in the world of college football and beyond. We're going to talk about all of them with our expert, A.P. Stedham, coming up after the break. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. 
if the financial markets interest you, if you want to potentially earn a higher return, if you're not satisfied with your investment returns, or if you're only making 1% on your investments sitting in the bank. Do you see the stock market hitting record highs but feel you have no one to trust? Voice America's own Jordan Kimmel, the host of Magnet Investing for over seven years, is applying his strategies of magnet investing and is managing individual accounts. Jordan Kimmel has joined InvestView, the Red Bank, New Jersey investment education and asset management firm, and his team can help you. Contact Jordan and the team at InvestView at 732-380-7271 or by email at jkimmel at investview.com. If you would like a complimentary portfolio review or to speak to a representative, Call us. Past performance of investments are not indicative of future results. Investing is inherently risky. All recommendations should be researched by the investor. Call InvestView at 732-380-7271. That's 732-380-7271. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... Call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. You can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests, and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, John. I'm right across the street from Kyle Field in College Station, Texas, in the park at Spence Park. And the students, uh, around noon on Friday, they're lined up, and the bell goes off, and they charge the, the field to get their location to raise their tents. Is that right? Well, that sounds awesome. A true college football tradition. It, it sure is. And they're, they're fired up about this game, undefeated, and Alabama's in town. Big game on CBS at 2.30 Central Time, so... It'll be a great atmosphere, over 102,000 people. That sounds fabulous, AP. I'm glad you're there. Uh, well, you know, they have quite a rivalry ever since Johnny Manziel shocked the world a couple years ago in beating Alabama. And then uh, the next year they had a fabulous game in College Station. And then last year, if memory serves me correctly, Alabama blew them out. And that brings us to tomorrow, which should be uh, – so Texas A&M has a lot to play for, but those te- two teams have put on quite a show over the last three years. Yeah, they really have. You know, that game 
last year, John. I think that's one of the best games in Nick Saban's career at Alabama. The score, and it's hard to believe, really, it was 59 to nothing. And the, the 59 is impressive, but I think equally as, as important to Alabama was they held the Kevin Sumlin team to zero points, and that's never happened. He's, he's never been shut out, shut out in his career as head coach. I did not know that. That's that's remarkable. You know, again, it's been a remarkable three-year run, uh, to say the least. And, uh, you know, that's going to be appointment television tomorrow. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of appointment television, to say the least. But uh, you're going to be there. Have you ever been to College Station before? This is my first time. That's why I'm so excited. And there's a history between Alabama and Texas A&M. He started in the 50s when Coach Bryant left Kentucky. He came down here to College Station, and he got up in front of the students, students and he was giving an emotional, fiery speech, and he, I think, threw off his coat and danced on it. And and next thing you know, uh, they had those the Junction boys. They, they went out to this place called Junction City, and they took they came out there in two buses, and Gene Stallings had the famous line, we went out in two buses, and we came back in one. Right, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think they, uh, I've seen the movie, and uh, if memory serves me correctly, they basically went through the equivalent of a marine boot camp in about 120-degree heat. Is that generally accurate? <laughs> yes, yes, and then some. <laughs> and, then, and then some, exactly, no, it, Right. Any any of you listeners out there who haven't seen the movie Junction Boys, if you have the slightest interest in college football or college football history, you got to see it. It's great. It's a great show. Great movie. Uh, told me a lot about Bear Bryant that I didn't know. That's for sure about the early days. Well, it really is. You know, quite a, quite a history between the two. You know, I, I kind of forgot. I, I was talking more recent history, but you know, kind of forgot about the. Bear Bryant, Texas A&M, Alabama connection, to say the least. So, uh, you know, that that's a a truly rich history when you think about it. I'm sure Texas A&M is often thought, you know, how would history have changed if they had been able to keep Bear Bryant there throughout his career? Right? <laughs> it sure would have been. And that first that was his only losing season his first year. They were, I think, one and nine, but they went on to win the conference championship his last year. And then, as he said, Mama called, and he had to go to Tuscaloosa to to build that dynasty. So he was the coach at Kentucky. I knew that. And then he went to Texas A and M for one year, and then he went to Kentucky or Alabama. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, he was a coach at Maryland for one one year. Coached at Maryland in 1945, then went to Kentucky in '46, and. He stayed there to about maybe 52, 53, and then he went on to A&M. I think it was four years. He came to Alabama. His first season was 58. Okay. Well, boy, you know, speaking of Kentucky, I was watching them last night. Uh, Kentucky has suddenly become kind of must-see TV. Uh, You know, they don't win. They win now more than they have in recent years. They don't always win. They didn't last night against Auburn, but, you know, Every time I tune in to a Kentucky game, it's interesting, be it the game with South Carolina earlier this year down in Columbia, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're, they've arrived, they're on the scene, they're on the college football scene, the fans are great, 
all their games always have interesting, you know, high energy to them. And, uh, you know, last night was yet another one uh, add to that. Uh, it's great to see, you know, it's, it's uh, Mark Stoops. So he's clearly behind it, speaking of coaching. So uh, it's fun to see Kentucky get a football program to go along with their uh, iconic basketball program. Yeah, they're competing now, and, and they've, maybe they've turned the corner slightly. So it's just not an automatic when you when you have Kentucky on your schedule. Uh, you know, they're one and two in the conference, and you know uh, they have the opportunity to have a pretty good season. But when the margin of error is very slim, John, you have to you know cut your turnovers and just play solid football. Exactly, no doubt about it. Yeah, well, they're again, they're fun to they're fun to watch. When I see them now, I I stop and check it out because. I've been rewarded with a couple of interesting games so far this year and in the last few years. Uh, so anyway, I mentioned South Carolina, and we can't go any further uh, now without talking about the surprise resignation uh, of Steve Spurrier. I mean, that was just like I talked about how Monday was one of the crazier sports news days in recent memory. And it was punctuated, uh, you know, when I, when I heard the news about Spurrier while watching, you know, that crazy San Diego Charger-Pittsburgh Steeler game with that wild ending. But prior to that ending, I heard the news about Spurrier, and <clears throat> you and I have talked about him often on this show. We're big fans, still a big fan. I do believe, you know, I, I, I was most pleased... When he in his news conference, he said, "You know, he's not retiring; he's resigning." So, we haven't seen the last of Steve Spurrier, and he will be on College Game Day tomorrow. But, what are your thoughts, AP? Some people criticized him, John, for walking away in the middle of the season, but right. I re- really applauded him because, as he stated, he was giving that young fella a chance to make his mark and maybe launch someone else's career. So, normally those high-profile coaches, they like to go off with a big <clears throat> a big celebration. But Spurrier, he knew it was time. He walked away gracefully and with all humility. I mean, you know, that was his name in the past, of Steve Superior. But really through the years, if you listen to him closely, he really has some, you know, added a touch of humility, humility to his persona. And so I was happy he, he gave that other fellow a chance. And you can do nothing but applaud everything that he's done in his career in the Southeastern Conference. I mean, he, he brought Florida back to life. Uh, I mean, John, years ago, Coach Bryant always said, when Florida takes football serious, everybody else would be playing for a second. And he was prophetic <laughs> in his words because for quite a few, uh, dec- you know, a couple of decades there, Florida was on top. And, and they changed the way the game was played in the Southeastern Conference. He brought the passing uh, across the screen for all these Southeastern Conference followers. And so I, I just love to listen to him. He, he's, he likes to take barbs at people. And I think it's all in, in fun. And he understood that he, he could uh, get get the crowd excited and the, and the media would be following his program. So I, I like Steve Curry. Me too. I like him a lot. You know, a true original by any standard, uh, you know, we just talked about his great interview with David Faraday of the Golf Channel recently. Now I recommend it even more than I did a couple weeks ago, given what's happened. Uh, 
Here's the way I look at Spurrier. I always liked him, but when everybody was down a couple years ago on Jadavian Clowney, I loved when Spurrier stepped up and said very pointedly, everybody should have nothing but gratitude to Jadavian Clowney, Clowney for choosing to come to South Carolina, which has elevated this program, and we've all benefited since then. I loved it then. I just thought it was just a, you know, perfect statement at the perfect time to just, you know, defend the difference, you know, the best player ever to go to that school and thereby raise the profile. So I would just turn that statement of Spurrier's right around on him and say the exact same thing, that anybody, to, especially to people criticizing him, and I know he, you know, left in the middle of the season, I totally get that, but he's always followed you know, a man who follows his own drummer, shall we say, and anybody associated with South Carolina, same way Spurrier said it about Clowney, they should say it about Spurrier, should have nothing but gratitude for Steve Spurrier coming there in the first place, period. Yes, and I would add one more word to the description. I would say he was fearless. He was fearless on the field. The way he schemed offensively, he was fearless when he spoke to the media. He was fearless when he spoke to the alumni club. He, he just was a person that was very competitive and aggressive, and it was it was good for the league. It was good for the Southeastern Conference. Absolutely, I mean, he put him on the map. You know, he's the winningest coach in history. He made him a player on not only in the SEC but nationally. Uh, and, you know, he, he just, uh, what he did for that program is remarkable. And and like you said, I mean, what he did down in Florida is epic. I had the pleasure of, you know, attending games in the swamp a couple times when I lived in Florida. And it was just uh, truly unforgettable. And really, when you think about Florida football, you know, not only what he did as a coach, but you could also make the case that, you know, he got them, he, he kind of put them on the scene nationally uh, when he won the Heisman Trophy there. I mean, he, he, you know, he was 1967, I believe it was, maybe 66. And, uh, you know, so he, he, he really, you know, carried that program forward. And, uh, you know, you, you said it perfectly. He changed the way the SEC played football and had a major role in them becoming what they are today. And you could, he certainly did it as a coach and you could probably make the case if you really studied it, that, uh, you know, he, he got the ball rolling when he was actually a player, you know, and winning the Heisman. And, uh, so yeah, Steve Spurrier, we're, you know, again, I hope he resurfaces soon. He, uh, you know, College football is a better place when Steve Spurrier is in it, period. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt, John, that he he's hired by someone as a consultant because his opinion was always outside the box. And a, a team that's looking to come up with something new, uh, you know, he's the mad scientist who, who can bring something to your offensive scheme. Exactly. Well, again, best wishes to him. We still have a ton of other things to talk about, AP, so uh, 
Why don't we take a break now? We'll visit some of the more uh, epic college football stories that have occurred just this week uh, after the break. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on twitter find us at voice america trn or twitter.com forward slash voice america trn You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., we ended the previous segment talking about Steve Spurrier and touching on his Heisman Trophy winning career as the Florida quarterback. And during the break, you informed me that Tim Tebow is sitting about 100 yards from where you're standing. So now, as I'd say, the perfect time to talk about Will Greer, the Florida quarterback who has led them to be one of the surprise teams in the country. And uh, lo and behold, he got suspended on Monday on that busy news day, uh, for using a banned substance, and he is literally out for a calendar year, meaning till next October. Um, shocker! On, on, on any other day, other, other than you know, Spurrier, Spurrier uh, resigning, and Steve Sarkeesian, uh, you know, getting fired. This would have been epic news and it was epic news it's just it got lost a little bit and everything else going on but what are your thoughts about that that is really and they're going to play LSU in Baton Rouge tomorrow yeah John it's always 
it's surprising when the head coaches are informing these student athletes of the dangers of taking any supplements. They always point out to, to check with the training staff, the medical staff. They have all the personnel that is knowledgeable, knowledgeable about the NCAA rules and the banned substances. But there's always one person who's going to take that chance and jeopardize not only his career, but the team and the season. It's very fortunate, and it's, it's, it's sad because that young, he grew up wanting to play college football. He went through the fall practice, spring practice, all those years of perfecting his craft. And in one slip, he, he, he's out for the calendar year. And he not only let down himself, family, university, but his team. So I'm sure he's disappointed. You really have to look at the person in the mirror. Absolutely. And he was very emotional talking about it, crying, uh, you know, in the aftermath. But, you know, we see this story time and time and time again. You never know quite what to make of it. You know, really, it's just... uh, it always leaves you wondering, is it something to do with, you know, PEDs or is it just an innocent mistake? It's always murky. You never know. Um, but, you know, what he had done this year, I mean, we were just talking about the importance of Florida, the college football and University oh of Florida. And then lo and behold, you know, to have this happen in the, ep- in the middle of them becoming like the... Uh, Literally, I'd say maybe the surprise team in the country um, is just really sad. You know, I I like the Gators. I lived in Florida. I went to some of their games at the Swamp. So, you know, I've always always rooted for them. So, so yeah, it's just, again, just sad to see. And this kid certainly seemed contrite. Um, So... We shall see. Yeah, John, it's one of these things, after the fact, he's sorry, but it's too late. And that's the hardest lesson for these young players. After the deed is done, you can't undo the act, and you have to suffer the consequences. Now, they appealed, but I'd say it's highly unlikely that that they win. That they win and, and, oh, win the appeal? No, no. Right. I think it's highly unlikely they win the appeal. And then as far as, as, far as that game, that matchup, John, uh, Florida probably out their quarterback to do much more than the LSU quarterback. Uh, so that's at a big disadvantage for the Gators. Oh, huge, huge. Playing in Death Valley against Leonard Fournette and LSU. I mean, if, if they win that game tomorrow night, they are going to truly be the college surprise team of the nation, and and they will have served notice that they are a tremendous team because uh, this is going to be tough to recover from. You know, I'm sure emotions are running high down in Gainesville, and, uh, you know, you never know how these things will go, though. Sometimes uh, this very type of situation can galvanize a team as easily as it can destroy it. Uh <laughs> But should be again should be an interesting game. There's a lot of good ones tomorrow, and, and that's one of them. I think it's actually head to head. You know, it's head to head with like some other great games too. But we'll all find the time to tune in. That's for sure. 
Yeah, yeah, John, in, in that game, you know, Florida quarterback, Treon Harris, he, I think he started maybe seven or eight games, and the other Harris, LSU, he started, I think, five. So he, he does have an experience advantage, and he's mobile, so that will give the Gators a different look. LSU has to prepare, and they just have to get through one game. You don't have to win every game for the rest of the season. Just get through this one game, and they can go back to Gainesville, uh, you know, excited after their you know, victory, their upset, and and see what happens for the rest of the season. So so far, uh, the the LSU the, um, Florida Harris is nineteen of twenty seven, two hundred sixty nine yards, two two TDs. So he does have some experience. So there, it's not like you're bringing in a, a true freshman quarterback or someone without game game experience. Right, right. Um, well, again. There's some great games tomorrow, and it's going to be fun. One of them, of course, is uh, is USC at Notre Dame. Uh, so we got to now address the other big topic of the week in college football, Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, that is one crazy story. What else can you say? This has gone on for a while, and you know now the the history of it just keeps leaking out, even from his days in Washington, and you know. Every day there's something new connected with this story, it seems. And Pat Hayden has, you know, uh, under fire as well. So it's just, uh, you know, again, a, a really crazy story. If you step back and and try to imagine or visualize what that scene must have been last Sunday, uh, pretty crazy, to say the least. John, I'm just, I, I, I just don't quite understand why... Pat Hayden took such a risk in hiring Steve Sarkeesian because this is a personality flaw that I, I'm, I'm pretty certain he's probably had for many years. And when you're at a high-profile pro- program, there's no way that you could shield someone for their actions when, when they're in that state. In that state. Exactly. Uh, you, you know, I, I, I didn't know it. I mean, but now, again, when I reference that, you know, stuff's been leaking out. Apparently, this was a problem in Washington, which I didn't know. And I'm guessing not a lot of the general public knew, but obviously insiders did know. And, uh, yeah, so you have to assume that you know, people at USC, yeah, Pat Hayden, yeah, would not you, do. Uh, ask people in the coaching fraternity. There's a bio, there's a synopsis about everyone. You just have to ask the right person, and you'll get some answers of all their good things and their flaws and their, their positive characteristics and all the negatives as well. It's not something that that uh, is very, very deep. It's, it's on the surface. You just have to reach out to the right person, and they'll give you the information. Exactly. Yes. And, you know, it's not like, uh, you know... So for Pat Hayden, getting that information would have obviously been very, very easy, to put it mildly. I mean, he is <laughs> a multi-decade college football insider, to put it mildly. Right. And, and Steve, it wasn't like Steve Sarkeesian had never been on the USC campus. Correct. He's been there, there in the offensive uh, staff for quite a while with Pete Carroll and, and Lane Kiffin as well. So... Maybe he decided that that risk was manageable, but 
that that problem severe seems to be severe, and it manifested itself by him not being at this and I guess he, he had taken off for the uh, treatment center. Yes, yes. Well, we all. I mean, clear. You know, the, I, I, first I really became aware of it. Of course, was the. Uh, you know, was that thing in August at the booster event, and uh, you know, it made national news, and it, you know that that put it on the table for all to see. <clears throat> but it sounds like now a lot of people knew it well before that. But hey, it is just a uh, you know truly a crazy situation. And uh, I heard something interesting. They were interviewing Brian Kelly, and I think the question was. That he's going to be facing his fourth different coach in four years for USC, which is a remarkable statistic when you think about it. Yeah, you think of those those kids, and um, it's 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 sad that they had to go through this uh, all this adversity with with the grownups, really. Right, and uh, and Notre Dame. Now, it could go one of two ways, John, as you know. A team can rally around the, the, the assistant coach that was made the interim, or they, they can just be self-destructive on the road and Notre Dame have a big win. But either way, uh, Brian Kelly of Notre Dame, he's, he's not sleeping well probably tonight. I know, I know. Uh, classic, you don't know exactly what you're going to get tomorrow. No different than LSU doesn't know what they're going to get from Florida tomorrow. I mean, the, the two similar situations, so to speak. And, uh, you know, yeah. let's just say, yeah, I don't want to compare them but uh, in that way. But let's just say, you know, both Florida and uh, USC are not showing up with uh, the same people that we all thought would be there. So it's just that simple. So AP, still a lot more to talk about. I want to touch on... Uh, that huge Texas win over Oklahoma at the Cotton Bowl last week, uh, you know, and what it means for Charlie Strong. So before we do that, let's take our final break, and we'll get to that on the other side. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before we begin, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is Patriots-Colts with a, uh, uh, a Patriot beatdown coming uh, as revenge for Deflategate. As you all know, I live uh, 20 minutes from Gillette Stadium. Uh <laughs> This game is big up here in Boston, let me tell you. <laughs> and, uh, the focus is tremendous as payback for all that the Colts rot uh, on the Patriots uh, from that AFC slash deflate gate, AFC championship game slash deflate gate situation last January. And the Patriots get to uh, say their piece on the field Sunday night at 8 o'clock. So, uh, Appointment television, to say the least. Uh, anyway, AP, we were talking about, you know, everything going on in college football. And, you know, it's funny, uh, as you noted, that on the same day, Monday, the day that I said was like one of the more interesting sports news days in recent memory, uh, it was USC East and USC West. USC East, Spurrier resigns. USC West, Sarkeesian is fired. And uh, I think that's just a, the exclamation point on what a bizarre day it was, to say the least. That ended at midnight with, uh, with the Steelers winning the game on 4th uh, on and 1, and Le'Veon Bell taking it in on what was one of the all-time great gambles. And yes, let me take a minute here. I criticized Mike Tomlin uh, pretty heavily after they lost the Ravens game. Uh, he now deserves all my praise for, uh, you know, making that gutsy, gutsy call that, of course, you, you know, and now we know that the Steelers actually could have had more time if not for an official clock error. Uh, yeah, that was, a, that, that was a crazy way to end a crazy day, to put it mildly. Yeah, John, I don't know if I've seen him a crazier day, one day in college football, and it was the exclamation point was that he was that finished the day out. So for all the sports fans, they had plenty to talk about and listen to and and uh, think about for the whole week. Not to mention we had 12 hours of playoff baseball going on all day long, you know, in the background, shall we say, of all of this, you know. From noon to midnight, all you had to do was flick on your TV and you had playoff baseball. Uh, so it's just been... Uh, Really one of the best sports weeks of the year. It always is. I mean, I go back and forth on what's a better sports time of year, October or April. Uh, you know, when, I, when I'm in the middle of October, I think it's October. I'm sure next April I'll be thinking it's, it's April. But 
And, and there's nothing like the first rounds because you just have you basically have games all day, all night. It is just awesome. I mean, it just is, you know. Um, so love it, and you know, it just feels like uh, you know the sports calendar is really revved up. But what a per- again, what a perfect day for all of that to have happened on Monday, Columbus Day. Always one of my favorite holidays, and. Uh, you know, to kind of have the day off and be able to, like, monitor all this crazy stuff going on and appreciate it was so much fun. But, you know, spe- speaking of coaches, I mean, all the crazy things. We haven't even touched on Randy Edsel being fired at the University of Maryland. You and I know him well, AP, from his days at UConn. We're both up here in New England, and uh, he was hired am- amid much fanfare after, you know, UConn made a... I guess the Fiesta Bowl, I believe, and uh, you know, an old BCS Bowl, as they used to call them. And uh, that's a crazy situation down there that's just getting lost in all of this. I'm interested because I'm going uh, next Saturday to the Penn State-Maryland game at Raven Stadium in Baltimore. So uh, I'll be arriving just, to, just in time to see that team in turmoil. And on the other side, we have Penn State facing Ohio State tomorrow night. So... Uh, a lot going on, but what do you think about Maryland and Randy Edsel? Yeah, John. I mean, that's a very difficult place to win. But Randy Edsel, he left uh, UConn, and he said it was his dream job. Growing up, he was in the southern part of Pennsylvania, but the team he he rooted for was Maryland. So um, you thought maybe he'd have a chance to bring back the Terps, but it didn't happen for him, and so they're going to have to make a change and. Most of the time, it's either losing and you're not getting the fan support. Those are the, the two things that will force an administration to to change. So I'm not sure who some of the candidates are, but if the, whoever that might be, I, I would think it has to be someone, uh, either a well-known name that you can convince to come to Maryland, you know, out, out of coaching now possibly, or it's going to be some young turf that, you know, on the rise. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, Maryland has always been an interesting situation. It's kind of funny since you were saying earlier that that's where Coach Bear Bryant began his coaching career, which is unbelievable. So, you know, but it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, the story leaked. So it was out there brewing for a couple of weeks before it happened. And then I watched. Randy Edsel defiantly walk out of his press conference. Um, and I kind of thought, you know, this may be the last we'll see of him for a while. <laughs> and sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what, what's going to occur down there, but finding the right football coach, if you, if you can make that selection, John, you will set your name in stone as an athletic director for decades. I can tell you that. Yeah, and it's interesting because Kevin Anderson used to be the AD at uh, at Army, and I had some interaction with him uh, back when I covered the Army women's basketball game team. And uh, so, yeah, just again, never a dull moment, um, to say the least. So I'll tell you, can't remember a week quite like this. I really can't, you know, to have all this upheaval in mid-season, all in the same week, is really, you know, highly, highly unusual if you think about it. 
Yeah, there's, there's quite a few openings, and that's just right now. You know, it's going to be more at the end of the season. So, you know, you have, you know, Maryland, South Carolina, USC. Um, you know, there's some power five schools, and they pay a lot of money. So you'll, you'll have quite a few candidates. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, again, it's going to be interesting. Uh, but speaking of interesting, you're right in the middle of so, uh, a tremendously interesting game. I mean, Texas A&M, they have to be really, really fired up. Uh, you're, you're, I mean, you're literally in the shadow of Kyle Field as we speak. So, uh, you know, 59 nothing last year. That doesn't go away. So Texas A&M is going to be uh, uh, fired up. I'm thinking, and, you know, Nick Saban uh, coming off, you know, that big win a couple of weeks ago at Georgia. He wants to keep it going. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great game. No doubt about it. Yeah, John, here's a little uh, little known fact for the audience. You know, Kevin Sumlin, he was born in the state of Alabama, the coach of Texas A&M. Really? I did not know that. True. He born in Bruton, Alabama, Scambia County. <clears throat> and he played, well, played for Purdue. He moved up, I think, around Indianapolis. He was a young fellow, but he was born in the state of Alabama, so... You know that game has an extra meaning for him. Yeah, well, it's ironic because, you know, we were just talking about these high-profile coaching jobs, and I guarantee you, as he has been for the last couple of years now, Kevin Sumlin is always, always among the very first names mentioned uh, for these high-profile coaching vacancies. And I'm sure this is about the, you know, I'm sure it's, I don't know if you're experiencing yet, but I'm I'm sure there's already some... uh, you know, some chatter out there around him. Oh, oh yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if some schools made a run for him because, you know, USC is one of those schools. They they have to have a winning program. That's part of their DNA. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. Um, well, it's great. How's the weather looking out there for the game? Oh, yeah, John, it's going to be about 92 today. It should be eighty, a high of 87 tomorrow. Oh, my god! the weather will be perfect. Wow. <clears throat> Holy cow, that just startles me. Uh, um, we are into <clears throat> classic fall weather here in New England, 60 degrees. Going to my town's high school football game tonight and really looking forward to it. Uh, we're playing uh, a rival from the next town over and in a big game. And uh, it just feels it feels like football here in New England, to say the least. But wow, high 80s. I wasn't expecting that. So enjoy it, AP. Uh should be a great game. It has been, you know, recently, uh, last year notwithstanding, but that just sets up this year, tomorrow, to be uh, an exciting game. And I think that's exactly what you're going to see. So enjoy it. Good. Thank you, John. Yeah, looking forward to it. Texas A&M undefeated, Alabama with one loss, a lot's riding on this game in the league, in the Western Division, and nationally, of course. All right. Well, AP, as always, thank you for your expertise and Thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.